Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As you all know, this podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series or as part of the regular show itself. I've got a great lineup of guests this season. All right. For today's episode, as an Alabama alum myself, I'm excited to have one of the Bama boys inside the huddle with us. So here today and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Chris Allen. Chris is a linebacker who played college football at, as mentioned, the University of Alabama. He was one of 11 Alabama players to get invites to the 2022 NFL Combine. And Chris was also a member of Alabama's team when they beat out Ohio State to become the 2020 CFP National Champions. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It is nice to be here. Well, I'm excited to chat with you. I feel like it's been forever since I first mentioned to you coming on the show as part of the series. So definitely glad to have you here today. And I want to do something different for today's show, calling an audible, as they say. Normally, during the series, I'll start things off by asking guys about how they got into football. But before we do that, I'm going to switch it up. So I saw you at the NFL Combine. We actually flew to Indy on the same jam-packed flight. And (laughs) when you look at the combine, the players who get invites, there are the elite of the elite. There were 324 players from 106 schools that participated. And as a linebacker, what do you think are important attributes to be successful at this position? And secondly, what makes you elite? First, I think what it takes to be successful at this position is definitely a good knowledge of the game, a good understanding of what your role is, and just basically just affecting the team. So you're a linebacker, so you're a leader, you're a signal caller, you're so many things. So you just got to be very versatile in just everything that you do. And then the second part is what makes you elite at this position? I think my speed and athleticism is really what makes me elite. And also just my mind for the game. Um, I have a good understanding of the game and it is steadily increasing. So. Absolutely. So now I'm going to come back to my get into football question. You're from Baton Rouge. When was the first time you picked up a football and how did you get into playing? First time I picked up a football was probably about seven or eight. I didn't even know what football was. I didn't watch it. It was crazy, to be honest, because I did not like it at first. My first year was, man, it was hard. Like it was COVID or something new. My dad basically forced me to play it. But over the years, I started to like it. I started to love it. It's something that I started to look forward to. It's something that I started taking seriously and started training hard for. So, And what was it about the game that kind of turned it around for you and made you fall in love with it? Just being a part of a team, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself, knowing that your role can affect the team's success or like basically the team's 
failure. That's just something that I really like. I really like the team aspect of the game. Sure. And I've been a student of the game since I was four years old, fell in love with it then. There were so many lessons and principles that I took away from the game and I wrote about in my Move the Ball book on how you can be successful by utilizing these strategies beyond the game. For you, when you look at your time playing football and the lessons that you've learned, what are some of those things that you think are important as you continue on to this next level of playing professional football, as well as to be successful just in life in general? Discipline, consistency. And the ability to say no, to say no to this, say no to that, say no to parties, going out. Maybe it can be hanging out with friends, just those things together. Like you have to be consistent in everything that you do. You have to have a good time management, especially in college. You have classes, you have workouts, you have study hall. I mean, you don't have enough time to do everything. You don't have enough time to be like the regular college students, but still live, you know, the life of a superstar athlete. So I would say those things are around the most important. Well, I like the fact that you say the ability to say no, because I feel like that's something that people struggle with. They say yes to too many things and then they overcommit their time and then they, they don't get things done that they need to get done and then they're frustrated. And so that's a very important skill to take anywhere you go in life is being able to say no and, and really manage your time effectively. Yeah. So in high school, according to scout.com, you were ranked the number one player in Louisiana, number four outside linebacker nationally, 24-7 sports, ESPN and rivals.com also had you in the top 10 players from the state of Louisiana as well. You were recruited by a number of schools and ultimately chose Alabama over schools like Arkansas, Auburn and LSU. Why Bama? Simple. I basically knew that the players that I would practice against was the best of the best, was the top of the top. And the coaches was really good. You got Coach Saban and the uh, incredible staff that he puts around you. You got the strength and conditioning and the nutritionist. I just knew that this would be the best overall fit. And I am a very competitive guy. I like to be the best. So naturally, I want to compete with the best. I want to be uh, around the best because it only makes me better. So those are the reasons why I chose Alabama versus other schools. And other schools, they had great programs, you know, good players, but I just thought that this was the best fit for me. Well, I definitely think it was a great choice as well. And a lot of the Bama boys know that uh, I purposely went to Alabama, specifically for Alabama football. So glad that you were a part of the team. So let's talk about your time at Bama. This past season didn't pan out the way you were hoping for, I'm sure. September 4th, Bama played Miami. And while y'all beat out the Canes 44 to 13, in the second quarter of the game, you ended up suffering a season-ending injury on a sack and a forced fumble that you made. Can you tell us about that moment and what was going through your mind as you made your way off the field? I was like, what is this? This is something that I've never felt before, something that I've never felt in my foot. Right before I hit the quarterback, I knew something had happened. I thought I dislocated my foot or something. I've never dislocated my foot before, but I would imagine like that that's how it felt. <laughs> so when I got up, I looked down to make sure that everything was okay. It appeared okay, but then I got up and I just noticed that it hurt to walk. It hurt to put any pressure on it. So I went back to the tent, got some x-rays, and it came out to be a list prank. So... You know, immediately after that, I'm asking them, like, what is that? Like, how long am I out for? You know, they say the season, which is 
pretty demoralizing, you know, after all the work I put in and I was expecting to have a really great season. So, I mean, that's just that. After that happened, I kind of put together a short little list of things that would help me, not necessarily with injury, but that would benefit me, which is staying positive, Mm -hmm. eating right, and still getting the best out of every day that I can, even though I was I was going to be injured for the rest of the year. And as you know, becoming a better player doesn't just take place on the football field. So the things that you mentioned are important to not only your recovery, but just to improving as a player. And there's a lot of preparation that goes on outside of being on the field, the weight room, the film room, right. what you're eating, that mindset. Talk to us about how has this experience made you a better player? What, the injury? The injury and just the process after it. It's made me mentally stronger because it's really hard to sit there and watch your team play, watch your team practice, watch them live, watch them go through, you know, hardships and not necessarily be there how you want to be there. So it just made me a stronger person. It's more resilient. That's great. I mean, I think things happen in our lives, even though they're not the things that we want or that we expect, but they're there to make us better and improve us in some way, shape or form. So let's run it back to the 2020 season, the COVID year, as many people like to call it. It's a season that required a lot of adjustments and adapting for everybody. Tell us about what that season was like for you. That season was weird. The season was a little stressful, not starting fall camp and to almost end of August, and then it not really being fall camp. You know, it's really fall camp practices, but they wasn't as long. They wasn't as hard. It just wasn't the same. All these COVID tests, you got guys, you know, going down for about a week because they caught COVID or whatnot. So it was just a lot of uncertainty, you know. You never know if the guy to the left or to the right of you We'll be at practice the next day. And um, our team handled it pretty well. I think we handled it one of the best. That's why we won the championship. So, but it was still, it was still something else, man. Yeah, it was a crazy time for sure. And you ended up having a great season, ended up having 41 total tackles, led the SEC in TFLs with 13, uh, had six sacks, five quarterback pressures, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery that season. What were you doing to keep your performance strong? Just staying positive, just doing everything that I can every day to improve and get better. And um, I didn't always see the results of it. No, sometimes... Well, no, let me take that back. The results didn't always show in the games. You know, certain things, I progressed faster and mentally, but it didn't necessarily show up in the game because it it just wasn't time for it to show. So I just did what I normally do, just watch film, study the guys that are better than me up in the NFL or not, or let me not even say better than me, but the pros that are in the, NFL and just try to increase my knowledge this every day. And you were selected as defensive player of the week by the Alabama coaching staff in many games that season, including against Texas A&M, Old Miss, Georgia, Mississippi State, Auburn, and LSU. Which of those games was your favorite? I would have to say the Texas A&M game. I would say this because they ran a lot of counters. They ran a lot of cue counters. And um, I just watched a ton of film up on it because I knew that this was an opportunity that I could make a play. 
that I can make the NFL a tackle for loss because when they run these plays, if you come off the edge fast enough and hard enough, you can basically get to the ball carrier before the pullers get there. Mm -hmm. So I watched a lot of film to kind of help me not necessarily guess, but certain formations, hey, like this is possible. Like they may run this. So basically when we get to that play or that formation, it didn't catch me by surprise. So I think that game was one of my, you know, games that I was most proud of because I took a lot of film study and I brought it out there to the field and it showed. Sure. And that film study is so important. I mean, we see, I mean, the guys that really do well, it's because they're being students of the game, putting them the time off the field as well, studying the plays, preparing to be able to go after their opponents. So let's talk about the Natty. We got to talk about winning the national championship January 11th, 2021. You guys beat out Ohio State in uh, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. What was that experience like for you? The experience was crazy. The stadium is really cool. The Dolphins have a really nice stadium, man. <laughs> but that moment was special. I won my first one when I was a freshman, but I didn't play that much. So, But it was special, but it's just different if you're playing a ton and you feel like that you really contribute in a large way. Mm-hmm. So it was something that I'll never forget. That team was amazing. That team was resilient. I mean, we had so many leaders up on that team that really helped pave the way of the season. Yeah, it was a great, great game to watch. Uh, Great season to watch as well. Amazing leaders, amazing talent on the team. As you look back on your college football career, what is your most memorable moment? Probably the championship last year. Probably that. Just winning it conventionally. Sure. I would have to say that. I mean, that was an unbelievable moment. I was so happy and proud of not only myself, but my teammates, you know. Sure. So let's fast forward. So you're training for the combine. You were out in California. I don't think a lot of people realize how much work goes into preparing for the combine. Share with us, what was your routine like out there? I was still kind of recovering from my foot injury so I didn't do much as the other guys but our schedule well my schedule was first to wake up at 5 50 get to the facility about 6 30 I stretch and do all those kind of things I do the warm-up for my foot get loose I eat breakfast and then about eight we hit the field we do different kind of this combine drills and um speed drills and just things like that then about 11, we'll have corrections. So it's just where we would fix little things that are just nagging us. Like maybe it's a hamstring, a calf. In my case, it's a foot. Then around 1, we'll lift. And then probably around 2.30, we'll watch some film with our position coach and also do a little bit of field work. So the day really wouldn't end to like 4. And that's just basically the mandatory stuff like that's not counting the other things extra that you may want to put into it sure yeah there's definitely a busy time and i know you guys are putting a lot of work to get ready for the combine so at the combine i know you were busy with interviews measurements etc what was the combine experience like for you i saw that you had posted after the combine you said truly thankful for such an amazing opportunity being able to participate in the 2022 NFL Combine. Thank you, NFL, for making this event such a blast, not only for me, but for my peers as well. What were some of the memories that you'll take away from this experience? Very stressful, but also very fun. 
the first day we had interviews for probably about five hours and it was a little stressful at first because if you talk for five hours straight and you're really just focused and locked in it can give you a headache for a brief second yeah but it was a lot of fun because we just talked football and um just a little bit of personal stuff and also I got on the board and it was fun. Like I kind of just expressed my love for the game, but also my knowledge of football. So that was fun. It was incredible to be a part of, you know. I'm glad you had a wonderful experience. So if an NFL team was to think about why should I pick Chris Allen, what makes you special? What would you say? I would first say that I'm hungry. I haven't played a whole season. I'm hungry to show what I got. I'm hungry to hit the field. You know, I'm somebody trustable, reliable, and dependable. I'm somebody that you want up on your team. I'm a great player. And most teams won't even know the half of it because I got hurt the first game. But what you saw with the first game, it gets better and better. So that's basically what I would say. You know, I'm hungry to play. I'm hungry to prove myself that I really felt like that I should have been a first rounder if I wouldn't have got hurt. But it is what it is. I know any team that picks you up is you're going to be a great choice. So I'm excited to see this next chapter for you. So Chris, what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two minute drill to close the show, ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yeah. First question is outside of football, what do you like to do? I like to play my game. I like to hang out with friends. I like to go hiking, but I haven't really been hiking too much. I've been busy. Sure. All right. Next question is, what is one thing most people don't know about you? I like anime. Okay. What are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Thoughtful, trustworthy, and dependable. Great three words. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? I don't even know. Probably... Depending on the vibe of the appearance, like, what is it like? <laughs> Let's say you're going out onto the field and they're just you know, introducing Chris Allen. What would that song be as you run out onto the field? Probably Little Wayne, Let It All Work Out. Okay. Uh, next question is, what is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach? Oh, well, uh, this is easy. It's actually by Coach Saban. Don't focus on touchdowns. Don't focus on that touchdown. Don't focus on, you know, that touchdown catch, touchdown throw, maybe that block or whatnot. Focus on the little things that you need to do to make it happen. So in my case, that would be sacks. Don't focus on sacks. Focus on the little things from the beginning to just about the end that's going to help you get that sack. And basically, if you hit a check mark on basically all those things, you will get the outcome that you want. So for me, keeping my chest down, making sure that I come off hard and it's actually reading the pass sets and choosing the correct move. So as long as I get all that correct, I don't really need to worry about getting the sack because if I get all those correct, I'm going to get the sack at a high rate than just worrying about getting sacks. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the detail, it's the process. And when you focus on those details, the outcomes will happen. Yeah. So the next question, I'm going to flip it, is what is the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Stay hungry and stay humble. Hard work always pays off, no matter if it's football and just about anything that you do in life. Just work hard. Just work hard. Trust yourself. Believe in yourself. So 
great advice. Now, the last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? LeBron, Tom Brady, Von Miller. And why? Because these people, they're all still playing other than Tom Brady, but they're the standard in their sport. I would just like to learn from them, kind of pick their brains and just kind of talk organically and just see what I learned. Three great choices for sure. And uh, so as we look to close the show, got two questions left for you. First one is, do you sing in the shower? Maybe a little bit, not often. Okay. And the last question is, let people know, where can they follow you on social media? You can follow me on Snapchat and Twitter at Alan underscore greatness. And you can follow me on Insta as Chris underscore cold-blooded underscore Alan. Perfect. And we will have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for letting me be on here. And I uh, wish you much success in this next chapter. I'm definitely excited for you. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you like the show, again, hit the subscribe button and share the show with a friend or two. It's one way you can help me to move the ball. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.